From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, talent by the dozen. FSU sending 12 players to the NFL scouting combine. Is that the true sign of being elite again? Also, are the Gators mired in a mighty recession with no rescue on the horizon? And thoughts on the latest batch of newcomers. Wake up, War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Barn Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com, the website, 2475 Appalachian Parkway. That's the address. Put that in your GPS. It'll take you to the best spot in town. Lunch specials, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. And on Wednesdays, you get five chicken wings and french fries for only $8.99. Dozens, I think quite literally dozens of varieties of sauces for your wings. Can't go wrong. $8.99. Five of them in french fries at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Hopefully you had fun at trivia night last night. Don't forget tomorrow, though, bingo night. What time does bingo go down at, Corey? 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, yeah. All right, go do that, everybody. And uh, support the uh, the pocket, the CP, if you will. Warchant.com, your ultimate symbol sports source. Hit the thumbs up, five-star rating and review. That would be much obliged, much appreciated. Corey Clark's here, everybody. Corey, how uh, how are you feeling after yesterday's workout on on Tuesday? You, uh, you had high hopes leaving the museum after speaking to all the players about getting a big lift in. Did you go, like, three plates, rattling, just – chest no, to the sky it, it wasn't i i'll be honest with you i forgot my airpods oh okay I got and i just the, i can't no. i don't know how you work out no, but I'm i gotta you. have i gotta have and i did i was like man i'm gonna have to listen to this music really softly it's not it's not loud in there and i'm like this this isn't fun this isn't so i just did um you know a little bit of bench but okay. it wasn't maxing out or anything just repping up i right. uh, did about did 225 like 21 times. All right. Decent. And then I called it a day. Good, good. That's a good yeah. day of work, man. Yeah, no, no. Actually, that's the. I think I could do 225 twice if I really. But I don't Jeez. have anybody there to spot me. That's... I don't have anybody there to spot me. So um, I don't I don't even ever risk it because I was like, I don't want to be the guy that gets it pinned on him. Yeah. It has to start asking for help with his legs kicking in the air. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't have anybody uh, I don't have anybody there to spot me. So I just I say not anybody asked, but I'm going to tell you as long as I stayed around the 185 range. Dude, good for was, you, just man. Just doing that. Like yeah. like conventional bench press like on a bench. Yeah. Good yeah. dude. Like yeah, you're stronger than I am. I couldn't I don't think I could budge 225 anymore. Um, oh, sad right. day. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. been all that great. Dude, I got I don't want to call it buried. I don't know what happened. I just zoned out like last week on bench day, like warming up, I had 155 on the bar and I don't know what happened to me. I was just doing reps, warming up. And like on the fifth one, I just got stuck, got oh. stuck, had to drop it onto my chest and then tip the bar over to, to bail all the weight off. It was terrible. I'm like, what just happened to me? But then like I finished off the day. I went heavier. Like I did 185 twice. Um, it was weird. I don't know how I just got to focus yeah. everybody. I didn't you take do. My- in everything in life. You got to yeah. focus gang. Don't yeah. take anything for granted. Yeah, I hope these guys will, uh, be rattling 225 off their chest violently in Indianapolis. Yeah. 12 Florida State players getting invited to the scouting combine. I don't know. what I mean, what have we said? Like nine and a half was the number of draft picks or nine and a half? I would yeah. have probably taken the under. 12 is a huge number. I think really the only 
surprise if you want to. Well, actually, I don't know, man. No offense. I, I think like Tatum Bethune getting invited is kind of a surprise. But let's go through the list real quick. On offense, you got your quarterback, Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, Johnny and Keon and Jaheim. Yeah. On defense, and I guess, you know, Casey Roddick, Demetri Emanuel, those are two guys that are, you know, they've exhausted their eligibility. They did not get invites. So they're, you know, offensive line. Look at their pro day. Then on defense, you got Jared Verse, Fabian Lovett, Braden Fisk, both linebackers, Kalen Deloach, Tana Bethune, and then cornerbacks, Jarian Jones and Renardo Green. Yep. No Akeem Dent, which is like the only, if I would have thought maybe Akeem would have got invited ahead of, uh, you know, Tatum, although I know that's not how it necessarily works out, but I mean, awesome for Tatum. Like, prove me wrong, yeah. man. Uh, go uh, go make a living doing this for as long as you possibly can. 12 is a big number. Uh, shout out to Florida State for developing and acquiring this talent, man. Uh, that sounds about right to you, 12, or were you a little bit surprised to see such a big number? No, I figured it would be about that. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know if it would be Bethune or Dent or maybe um, Dimitri Emanuel. I, I, the, the first 11. Uh, seemed kind of like no-brainers to me. I thought it was what if they would have the if it would be Akeem or Tatum or one of the two linemen. Um, I didn't know about Jordan only because I don't know how much he'll be able to do. But that's a that's a, I mean he went to the East-West game too, so I, I assume it's he's going to be there mainly uh, to interview and and talk to teams and that's that's cool to him because there's only I think there was only like 14 or so quarterbacks invited and he was one of them. So cool for him, man. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I wasn't really surprised. I, I would like to put it in perspective, though, for the people. Michigan at 18. All-time record. I think Washington had 13. Uh, those are the two teams that played for the national championship, by the way. Well, third most was Florida State. Hmm. More than Texas, more than Alabama, even more than Georgia. Although, admittedly, Georgia has some younger guys coming up that will be invited next year. But, man, again, that's just – it just goes to show, as we all knew and have been preaching from the mountaintop for three months now, it was not a one-man team. It's a good team. I mean, Florida State has more guys in Indianapolis than Alabama. Just, again, I think that says something. Other people don't. I think it kind of proves that at least they had a lot more talent than just the guy taking uh, snaps under center. But it's awesome. It's cool, man, isn't it? It's cool to be able to watch the combine again and care. Yeah, that, it's going to be a, cool show's, to watch the, a show's worth of content off of that one. Now, we only had Jamie the year before, right? Well, no, and it's going to be like, you know, the combine's like five days long. So it'll be, and they have guys at every position except O-line. So you'll be able to, it'll be three, at least three days of content. Uh, and then the draft. Mm -hmm. you, you know, they're going to be drafted first round all the way probably to seventh round. There'll be Florida State guys going. So, yeah, man, it's, it's cool to be in this uh, – uh, in this, uh, I don't know, rarefied air again that Florida State belongs. Uh, so, Renardo and Kalen are, are the two guys that started their careers here and finish it off. Uh, and then the other uh, 10 players were transfers. All you know, Jordan, I mean, I mean, Jordan played, I don't know, eight snaps at Louisville or something in one well, season. Well, you think so about he, like. We're uh, playing as ours. In, in Jarian and Fabian, uh, those were like at least – I mean, those guys have been here four years, right? Yeah. They feel like they're – I mean, those are Florida State guys. They were both at Mississippi State for a year. I mean, I know they didn't start here, right. but they were developed at Florida State. Uh, both of those guys were. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know who else you would say. Uh, I mean, Verse was here for multiple years. All those – I mean, a lot of those guys were here for multiple years. It's just Keon, Braden, and who's the other one that was only Jaheim. here? For? Jaheim. Yeah. So the other nine – are guys that Florida State at least had in the program for multiple years. Yeah, killing it, crushing it. Uh, Michigan, 18, that's a record, uh, breaks the one from the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, 
everybody and their mother LSU team that had 16. So strive for those numbers, and then you're mm. probably playing and competing and winning the national title. So, I mean, how much so? How much stock do you put into? Is it just like a funny stat to get a good tweet and engagement, or do you think this just kind of further underpins the uh, the angst of, of of being left out of the playoff when you when you talk about one player not being available, but then you know even minus one player, you still had more than the other guys that got invited to the dance. Correct. And, and buddy, don't think that I'm not going to keep track of it again next year. Because, uh-huh. you know, next year, I have to assume you're going to have three linemen at least at the combine. I would think Robert Scott's going to be there. I would think Darius is going to be there. Maybe Jeremiah's going to be there. And I'm talking about guys that were on this past year's team. Hmm. Um, Azaria Thomas will be there if he decides to go early. Fentrell Cypress will probably be there. Shaheen Brown might be there if they go early. So I want to. I want when it's all said and done, I want for the guys that were actually contributors on the 2023 football team. How many of them got invited to the combine? And I'm going to guess it's in the neighborhood of 18 to 20. What next I, year? No, I'm saying total. Oh, the two the two okay, years yeah, combined. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's basically the starting lineup. Yeah, all got combine invites, and I think what's telling about that Aslan is not they're not all going to be drafted. Uh, the math. Bears that out. There are more people at the combine that will be than will there, there are draft picks out, uh, available. But the cool thing about what Florida State was is Tatum Bethune. I like the combine as a gauge because maybe Tatum Bethune doesn't get drafted. Okay, maybe Alabama has a guy that gets drafted in the seventh round. Tatum Bethune doesn't. But Tatum Bethune was such a good college football player, so solid mm-hmm. that he got invited to this. I think it t- it's a it's a status to get invited to the combine. Oh, for uh, and sure. they had, you know what I mean? And Tatum yeah. Bethune getting invited to the combine is in Fabian Lovett. Those guys, I, I just think that says how many, how many good college football players Florida State had. I think, I don't know where Deloach is going to get drafted or Jarian or Fabian because of some health concerns maybe, but I know they were darn good college football players and they got invited in Indianapolis. And when you throw in the guys next year, uh, like I said, the, maybe three linemen, uh, maybe Morlock, mm. um, maybe, like I said, Shaheem. Well, a couple of other guys. You're talking about Patrick Payton. You might be talking about all told, 18 to 20 dudes off that one team get invited to the combine. That's crazy, and I feel like we were all screaming and waving our arms like, no, 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 no. This is a really good team aside from the quarterback. It's a really good team even without him. This is not. This is a legitimate playoff national championship type team. Whether the quarterback is there or not, don't tell me they're way worse than Alabama because they don't have Jordan Travis, look at the numbers. Florida State would appear to have more NFL-eligible type players than even Alabama. Well, they didn't say they were worse. It's one spot below them. But I guess, you know, when it comes to this game, one spot is a big one. Well, yeah, and it's like, again, the best and the subjective. The subjective nature of it is what always bothered us, right? And then you look at, well, there's nothing subjective about the combine. Like, those numbers aren't subjective. Those are stone-cold facts. Florida State had 12 guys invited. Alabama had 10. Mm. And even if you take Jordan Travis away, you still had more than, than Texas. So Or more than Alabama. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it's a, it's I just don't... a little It's a little tidbit, but I think it adds to what we're – it adds to the argument we were making three months ago that, look, man, they've got other good – they've got a lot of really good football players all over the roster. Yeah, I like this exchange on the Tribal Council. Our guy, Grumpy BK – uh, commenting on the thread that Tom and Gene started. Like, I love this, but also this is why I'm hesitant about 2024. We're losing so much elite talent. And then Pox2, not sure if he listens to the pod, but said, 
Well, I'm optimistic because at worst, we have 10 draft-worthy prospects on the 24 team. He lists Peyton Farmer, Daryl Jackson, Sione Lolahea, Fentrell, Azarie, Shaheem, DJ Uyunglele, Kyle Morlock, Darius Washington. And I, think he's Robert's, like, I think Robert Scott's in there if he's healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Roy, Roy Dell, Malik yeah. Benson, uh, also Dude, there are so many. Yeah. There are so many wild cards in yeah. that receiving room and the running back room. Mm. I think, man, I I, don't, I, w- I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Toa Feely got an invite. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, depending on what kind of year he has, but that guy is a Swiss Army knife that I think is, could be uh, a really nice fit for some NFL team. But yeah, you kind of think about it, and you're like, uh, yeah, man, the 2024 team might. I was trying to think, like, who's going to be invited to the Combine next year off that team? And we have no idea, right? Those those names you just mentioned, all are certainly viable. Hmm. But then maybe Malik Benson's awesome. Yeah. You know? And Roydell Williams is awesome, and they get invites. I mean, who knows? You know DJ probably will. Florida State thriving, clearly. Uh, hmm. I think Florida had two players invited to the Combine. Smaller number than 12. It is. Substantially smaller, you would say. Yeah. Orlando Sentinel doing a deep dive on the woes, I guess you could say, of Florida. So apparently they've rebranded their NIL, no longer called the Gator Collective. Solid name, guys. Mm. Uh, now calling themselves Florida Victorious. That's worse than uh, the Gator Collective. I agree. I agree. Uh, their CEO of their collective says to the Sentinel here, and I, I won't read the whole story because it's behind a paywall, so y'all go pay for it. Did I pay for it? Maybe. Did I get behind it somehow? Maybe. Quote, we cannot guarantee that if we have NIL, we will win championships. I can pretty much guarantee that if we don't have an NIL, we will not. Mm. Not a rousing rallying cry, or is that a rousing rallying cry? What is going on down there? Could could this thing? I know we're not wake up gators, but I mean, seeing this story kind of come out they, they got rid of their uh, player personnel guy who kind of butchered the entire Rashada recruitment and they're always one coach away but if you can't figure out this part of the sport which I hate but it's part of the sport now um, that's the big thing right Corey because it doesn't matter who your head coach is if you can't get the guys if you can't retain the guys and they're pretty much admitting they I mean the numbers on this are crazy i think they say ole miss has six thousand donors um they added around 750 in 10 months florida victorious yeah and i think florida state is around that neighborhood the battles in i think is six thousand or a little more uh and they got the huge boost after the playoff snub um you know man i wonder if i'm somebody that's going to donate to something like that um maybe i wait until i the next head coach like, do you feel like you're just burning money mm. if you throw if you if you say, hey, you know what? Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Go get yourself a couple of nice players to a guy that's going to be fired in ten games. I feel like that's a waste of money. So why not take your lumps this season, start over, refresh, and then give the new guy the. Ro- but if you don't believe in Billy Napier, why give him a great roster if he's just going to screw it up? Because well, it's your it's your school, it's your team. Yeah, you know? no, I get it, but I'm saying that's the other side of it, right? Like, right. obviously, Florida has money, and there are plenty of boosters that have money, but maybe they don't want to sign all sign the big check to a guy that they don't like, who's clearly unlikable, and is not winning. 
It's like, why am I going to help this guy out? Let's get a new coach in here and then come and ask me for that money, and I promise you I'll give you a starting offensive line. But I'm not doing it right now. It's two guys in a row, though, right? I mean, I know Mullen kind of was on the tail end of this stuff emerging into the marketplace, if you will. Uh, I mean, (laughs) Napier admitted it took us 18 months to get our hands around this thing and figure it out. And I I still don't think they figured it out. Uh, I just wonder, you know, maybe there's the... I know it's supposed to matter more uh, down there, Mm. but maybe it doesn't. Because again, I just, I'm with you, man. I'm trying to be a little bit contrarian, but I'm with you. Like if, if you don't like that coach, which there's not a lot to like about him uh, personally, and then obviously what he's putting product on the field, like, are you really stoked to cut a big check is also, again, I don't want to butcher this entire story, but it says, you know, monthly memberships of 15, 25, 50 are critical, but cannot sustain the effort. It's all about big fishes. And that's the thing too. So like whoever those people are, they're pretty loyal, you would think. Like they, they would have been identified by now. But maybe those people as well, you know, that, that are going to stroke the big check, maybe they're in a wait and see approach. Because like I know Florida State seemingly battles and tries to do that with with the, the big surge of membership they were able to get after the snub. But I, I think that was mostly 15, 20, 50, 100, which listen, everything matters, but like you need that one kind of whale, if you will, to, yeah. to sustain this thing. Cause it also says the consensus is ten to fifteen million dollars annually is what you need to be consistently competitive, and that's—I don't know what's the math on that. If you get fifty dollars, how many how many of your five hundred thousand living alumni need to give fifty bucks to get to fifteen million dollars annually? A lot, a lot of them do. Hey, but hey, every cent helps, right? Just for a cup of coffee a day, you can feed kids all over the world. Like it made all matters. Yeah. Um, you can give Florida, if it, you know, a cup of coffee a day. You can give Florida, Florida, um, you know, some defensive help. Yeah, I, I just wonder, man, I that guy, to me, and I'm on the outside, I do not know him at all. I just know him from basically doing coach speak um, and watching his press conference clips. Which that's more uh, than what probably 90% of the audience knows because you know I'm not watching Bailey Napier unless I'm watching coach speak. Right, but Florida fans are. But my, mm. my point is, like, he must be – maybe he's just so unlikable. It doesn't – is uh, unrelatable when he's talking to those big fish – in the big boosters, that they're like, no, I'm not. I already give this much money to for my seats, and I give this much money to the boosters. I'm not going to then give you another $500,000 for this guy to just throw it away. I don't like this guy. Mm. I don't want to help him. I don't want him to be here for 10 years. Give me somebody that I can root for that I like. I, I think some of that, 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 you know, and again, it, we, we always turn it back to Florida State, but I have to imagine, I'm not a booster. I've never had a, done a booster event with Mike Norvell where I'm, um, you know, I don't know what they do. What would you do if you were a big booster and you had the day with Norvell? Hobnob, go golfing with them or something? Golf or, or something, yeah. yeah. I know Jimbo used to turkey hunt. That's why I was thinking. I can't imagine <laughs> Norvell on his belly crawling through the woods, shooting turkey, uh-huh. making turkey calls. But, uh, you know, I think Norvell's more likable, more relatable. You want to help that guy out. I don't know if you want to help Billy Napier out. And so it's like, again, it just goes back to how stupid it all is. These Florida – think of the big boosters. Like, Florida has done – Florida has brought Urban Meyer, paid Nick, paid Steve Spurrier forever. They've made – what have they made? Six head coaching hires in 15 years? And all that money yeah. and all that buyouts, they've given so much money to that university, and now they're basically being called cheap. Look how cheap Florida is. 
It's like, man, what are we doing? Like they've look at what their coaches make. Look at what their baseball coaches make. Like they those big money boosters of Florida pay a lot of money. They are not cheap. They're not trying to get by on the you know w- without ponying up, and then they're just told that well we need more money. We need we got to have a football team now, and this is how we do business. So like well, I would be like, okay, well the five hundred thousand I'm giving to the boosters. Swing that over to the Gator Collective or whatever it's called, Gators Victorious. Um, I'm not paying an extra $500,000 for Billy Napier to screw it up and waste my money. You know, it's going to make for hopefully a a 30 for 30, but just, you know, the belief, obviously, that David Coburn and John Thrasher had in hiring Mike Norvell and then the folks at Battle's End believing in Norvell because, I mean, when they, when this relationship started, I mean, they weren't, they're, they finished the 21 season on a, I don't know if you could really call it high note. You lost your, your biggest chief rival uh, to an interim staff. You know, things weren't all that rosy, but uh, to believe in, in what he was setting up and, and the fact that you're able to, to support that uh, has really brought them to this point to where they're at right now. And um, I don't know if you know how, how much if this is a, a perpetuity thing uh, that has it going, but it just, you feel like you're on such solid ground right now. And I don't really know how many other schools are in that in that territory as Florida State, like little old Florida State, ACC, Florida State. Because we talked about after Alabama lost in the Rose Bowl in the college football playoff, the first thing their collective did was make a video about, like, listen, we have to build a better roster. Yeah. Like, we need your help. And I know Florida State used the snub to, to spend their fundraising efforts, but, like, you know, that was – that was crazy, the circumstance that led Florida State to not being able to to be into the playoff. Like, you have to be like, look at the product. You know what the standard is at Alabama. This was not the standard. We want to get to the standard. We need more. Um, like, what a what a horrible thing to hear after, like, a loss. But I guess that's yeah. the opportunity you have to take, and that's where these schools are. Florida State, meanwhile, is, is selling, like, positivity. Like, not hope, real results. Like, see what this did. We, we figured it out. Like, we have the blueprint. Let's keep this thing going. And I guess maybe that kind of dovetails into some of the kids that we've already spoken to, some of the guys that we spoke to on Tuesday, and some of the guys that we'll speak to on Wednesday about how confident we are that they can keep this thing rolling after you've lost 12 guys in the draft. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we talked to four guys yesterday. Uh, only one was a transfer, though, right? Roydell Williams was well, the two. only transfer. Richie I think. Leonard, too, the offensive Oh, yeah, line and Richie Florida. Leonard from Florida. Yeah, so we talked to those two guys. Uh, I'm sure they're getting paid handsomely. Uh, to, to be at Florida State. And I think what Florida State has done a really good job of is, I, again, I've said this before, but I don't think I don't think this is, this is how the sport is going to be in the long haul. This is a small window where fan bases and collectives are flooding programs with money to build rosters. I think eventually, hopefully, someday very soon, there will be parameters in place where it will be up to the universities to pay these athletes and not the fans. Um, and that'll come through some sort of collective bargaining agreement with the and make the, the athletes employees. But until that day comes, what well, you've got to play the game that you're playing. Uh, you, the, and, and other schools have not reacted well to it. Florida State has done, you could argue, maybe the best job in the country. I mean, I guess Washington has been really good too um, for those two years. But Florida State, the last two years, they went from, again, folks, 0-4 losing to Jacksonville State, being 3-13 in their last 16 games. 3-14 in their last 17 games, honestly. 3-14, is that right? 3-10, no, 3-11. They were 3-11 in their last 14 games when they took on Syracuse in the fall of 2021. 3-11, hmm. that's unbelievable. It's just gross. Um, and then 
here we are. They went on a 19-game winning streak in the span of about a year and a half. Well, a lot of that had to do with a head coach who's forward-thinking, who took advantage of the uh, the rules that are in place and got himself some real players with the help of all of you and with the help of the Battles Inn and Rising Spear at the beginning because the Battles Inn hasn't always been here. Rising Spear was the first, and they were one of the first ones on the scene um, around the nation. That They just, you know, they got, I don't want to say lucky, but it was the perfect opportunity, and they took advantage of it. Now, moving forward, and I wanted to get into something that Yahoo Sports wrote about, our man Ross Dellinger, um, earlier on Tuesday, but because I think it takes us into that. But this won't be around forever. But it, as it is, Florida State is doing a really good job with it. I don't think this is sustainable long term for any university or any fan base, nor should it be. But right now, the battle's in, and Florida State and Mike Norvell and his coaching staff have put together a roster that you think, even after losing 12 guys to the combine, maybe nine or 10 guys to the actual draft, um, they're going to reload to an extent and be right there in the playoff conversation again. And that's he's just done a remarkable job there. And that I, I would say Georgia and Florida State, Ohio State, obviously. Other than that, who is on more solid footing in this country? Because no. Clemson, Clemson has a Clemson recruits well. Uh, they have a great program or have had a great program. Well, they 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 are completely ignoring a huge portion of what college football is now. They're completely ignoring it. And then everybody else is in flux. Alabama, Michigan, all the big those big time schools, they're all in flux. USC. Um, Did you say Florida. Texas is being one on solid ground? Oh no, Texas is yeah. Texas is on very solid ground yeah. too. Yeah, they're on the same level, maybe a little higher because they got a flipping Manning as a backup quarterback. Um, but yeah, man, it, Florida State is in some rarefied air right now, as being completely on solid footing with what we think is one of the best coaches in the United States. All of that helps. Yeah, there was a, supposed to be a there. There was a hearing yesterday morning uh, that was going to perhaps dictate how things were going to go with NIL and whether or not the NCAA could continue to enforce uh, the whole NIL recruiting policy. Uh, but there was no ruling actually made at that hearing. But there's supposed to be uh, something coming soon, maybe by the end of this week. But it would be an injunction that would prohibit the NCAA from enforcing NIL recruiting policy, which would then allow athletes to, you know, receive inducements, and that would begin you know another kick of the leg of amateurism which you know listen we know it's all a sham but um what else was was ross cooking on tuesday so uh any other signals that uh nil is going to be reined in or was it all based on this hearing no it was it was it was mainly about the um you know the alliance that the the real alliance the sec and the the big 10 the the actual alliance that matters um you know he talked to jim phillips who's the acc commissioner about that, about that, uh, the joint venture that they announced, uh, where they're trying to, you know, tackle the issues that address college football. Well, the th- the main three things they're looking at is the creation of a new athlete compensation model and further deregulation from NCAA governance, uh, the expected overhaul of the college football playoff revenue distribution model. That I hope that rings in y'all's ears. The revenue, the revenue distribution model, because later in the story, they talk about well. If the SEC has five teams in it and the ACC only has one, why are they splitting it evenly? Why, why, why wouldn't the SEC get more because they have more people in it? Mm. So just know that that's coming, folks, because they just announced the ESPN just signed a new deal with the college football playoff. This happened on Tuesday uh, for five years, $1.3 billion a year. They are paying these the college football playoff committee, ESPN, 
came to terms on a $1.3 billion year annually uh, agreement to air the college football games. So keep that in mind and think, oh, well, that's cool. There's four major conferences, so doesn't that mean the ACC will get, uh, you know, $250, $300 million, $350 million? Just like all – no, it won't. And then also the inevitable expansion of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Those are the three things that uh, the SEC and the Big Ten are tackling. But here's what I think is crazy. Um, they talked to Sankey, and he said that uh, – they, they asked him why he didn't include – why they just did the – Sankey, obviously, if you don't know, is the commissioner of the SEC. They asked him why he didn't include the ACC and the Big 12 as part of the meetings, make them part of the venture. And he said, Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti, who's the Big 10 commissioner, underscored the need for the advisory board to be as small as possible to quickly reach solutions for urgent matters such as the multi-billion dollar house antitrust lawsuit. So they want the, they want the circle tight. Yeah, streamlined, streamlined, yeah, nimble, get, agile. Exactly. Keep keep so nimble that they just keep two of the other conferences out completely, and they're making all the decisions. But on in the better for the the betterment of the sport, and obviously they have the ACC in mind clearly, in the Big Twelve in mind. They'll think about them, and then Greg Phillips says, "I trust Greg, Greg and not, Tony." Uh, Jim Phillips. Jim. Jim Phillips. Phillips. I'm sorry. Jim Phillips said, "I trust Greg and Tony and what they've said. I'm not paranoid about this. That it's a sinister movement." All right, Greg. All right, Jim. Great. Yeah, you're right, because you should trust the Big Ten. They've been good to you all these years. They didn't tell you had alliance and shake your hand and then stab you in the back. Yeah, it's just so. And then later on in the article, they talk about how the Big Ten and the SEC are going to ask for more money for this new college football agreement with the ESPN. Weird. Weird. And the ACC and the Big 12 will be left out. And I think part of that, you could be that uh, if you're an SEC fan, you're like, well, yeah, it doesn't make any sense that the ACC would get equal split with us when we have five teams in the conf- in the college football playoff and they just have one or two. And it's like, yeah, man, but why do y'all have five and the ACC only has one? Might it be the inequity of the money going to one program and not the other? It's, it's, all, it's all just it's, – it's just – it's spiraling. And the ACC clearly is going to be on the outside looking in. And as Ross Dellinger, who we've had on the show, good dude, Yahoo Sports, um, as he mentioned in the article, this is one of the reasons Florida State would want out of the ACC. And it's like, yeah, no duh. So, anyway, a lot of changes coming to college football. The ACC will not be uh, part of any of it. They might benefit, but they will have no say in the changes that come to college football. I can promise you. I mean, this is naive, but, like, Shouldn't this be some sort of legitimacy tax by splitting it evenly? Because what's the point? Like, I understand the NFL's 32 teams. I guess as it sits now with the expanded Big Ten and the expanded SEC, you've got 32 teams. But, you, I mean, do you really want to call a national title and then pretty much elbow out, you know, the large parts of the East Coast, you know, with, with the ACC and then the Midwest? I don't know, is that what we call the, the heartland, I guess? You know, yeah. Kansas and Oklahoma State. You know, do you really want to just create this sandbox of just you, 32 teams? I just – I would yes, hope not. Yes, but they, they do. You want, of they course want the they money, do. right? They just want the, all the money. They just want yeah, of course money. they do. And they said – you know, in the story, they're like uh, – so I think somebody's quoted it as saying this, or maybe I just don't want to read it right now, or Dellinger wrote it, um, that, you know, 10 of the 13 most – the biggest brands in the sport, 10 of 13 of them are in the SEC or the Big Ten. I don't know who the other three are that he's thinking of, but I can promise you Florida State's one of them. Mm. 
I don't know who the who in the Big 12 would count as one of those. Maybe it's Florida State, Clemson, and Miami are the other three. I, I don't know. Um, but I know Florida State is one of the 10 or 12 biggest brands and money makers in the United States. And it is uh, absurd that they will have a worse chance to get in the playoff and they will be making $35 million annually less in TV revenue than the Mississippi schools who have done nothing, literally nothing for college football our whole lives. Our whole lives. They've been, Ole Miss has been pretty good lately. Uh, maybe even really good. But they, they, what if they, they don't win championships. I, I don't think Ole Miss has won an SEC title. I know Mississippi State hasn't. No. Nope. Yeah, we're, I'm almost 50. You know, they don't, they're, they don't do anything for the sport, and yet you're keeping out or trying to keep out programs that have – and I, I include Miami in this – programs that have done a whole bunch for the sport. And, my, man, think about what Miami did to the popularity of college football, man. And now they're going to be banging on the door, let us in, let us in, as the tornado's coming. And Arkansas and Vanderbilt and Purdue are going to be holding the door to keep them out? It's just – it makes my skin crawl, but anyway, I'm trying not. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm almost. I'm a, two weeks from getting married. I got to be in a better frame of mind, Aslan. I got to quit worrying about this stuff. It just. It really does bother me that the Greg Sankeys of the world have decided, or are trying to decide that Florida State doesn't matter, not realizing or appreciating or showing any sort of gratitude to what Florida State and Miami have done for this sport, what they did for the popularity of this sport. A lot more than 95% of the teams in either one of those leagues. Mm. Uh, speaking of Greg Phillips, Jim Phillips, uh, we got name we, we got a name wrong on the, the show last time. Why, did I keep saying? Did I say Greg Phillips again? No, 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 no. I was just, just oh, trying okay. to create some kind of segue there. Oh, okay, good. Thank uh, you, Bill Smith, who yes, was the thank you. I don't know the MC if that's what we're saying it uh, at the memorial for Mike Martin Sr. The eulogizer, if that's a word, okay. which it should be if it isn't. Let's let's go ahead and print that. CBS, 8 o'clock, the eulogizer. Yeah. Um, huge Florida State guy, yeah. not involved in right. board of trustees and, and things of that nature. That was that was Jim Smith. Right. Bill Smith, Jim Smith, you know, are Common bad. names, same last name, very common first names, both uh, uh, really, uh, really – Rich doing well for themselves, so yeah. But honest mistake by Aslan, and then I I, I went along with it, and it was my. Oh, fault. we're blaming me, huh? We're blaming. Well, me. you said, isn't he the guy that acts pounding? Well, you could have like, at that right point. I know, I know. I, right and then I'm like, oh no, was he? I guess he was. Um, please uh, take the lawsuit down, Bill. We're sorry. Yes, we, we were just kidding. We were just joking. Everybody knows it was Jim. Uh, vitaminenergy.com promo code is WarChamp Bogo. That's WarChamp B O. G-O, it's energy with benefits. It's awesome how it all ties in together, the name Vitamin Energy. 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine in this one small bottle that you can put in your gym bag, your clutch, uh, your fanny pack if you're still rocking one of those. I think there was like a fanny pack renaissance that tried to happen that might have not taken, you know, hit the the tipping point to become part of the consciousness again, but it would fit in that one as well. Uh, 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine, and depending on the formula you select, a whole bunch of vitamins and nutrients to get you through your day in peak performance. The Workout Plus includes magnesium as well as arginine and carnitine. Give you a little more of a pump, a little more extra energy boost so that you don't get pinned on 155 as a grown man at the gym. <laughs> right. 
Terrible times. The Mood Plus. The Mood Plus with passion flower extract, lemon balm extract, valerian root extract. Keeping you mellow. Keeping you, keeping you level. And on the good mood. On the good mood side of things. One little bottle, folks. Shake it and take it. Try it. You'll like it. You can buy one. You get one free when you use the promo code Corey. Or Champ Bogo. That's right. It's all over at VitamInergy.com. Knowles helping out the rest of the Knowles listen to this show. VitamInergy.com. Corey, uh, Roy Dell Williams, well-built young man. We need to see mm. if we can maybe get him as a Vitamin Energy spokesman. Maybe a little bit better than uh, my physique, your physique combined. Uh, him, Richie Leonard, Camden Fryer, as well as Luane McCoy. We spoke to them on Tuesday. Uh, you transcribed the whole thing blow by yep. blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, really liked the energy. He lived up to the hype in terms of, yeah. I guess, TJ Ferguson and, and Malik said that uh, you know, that Roy Dell's a guy that's never has a bad day. He's always in a good mood. He's, he seemed to kind of have that energy. So I'm sure him and Mike Norvell have uh, made fast friends. Peas in a pod. It is weird. And I'll, I'll admit it. I'll own this. Uh, that uh, the first question, I, I when I saw him, and I think it's because of what I, you know, the life change I went through two years ago. And I do work out now. And I am into like my physique more than I ever have been. Um, is the first thing I want to ask him is like, man, how'd you get like that? How'd you get jacked like that? I didn't ask him about getting in the portal. I didn't ask him about uh, playing for Nick Saban or being recruited out of high school. I literally asked him, how long have you been into working out and how did you look like that? And he gave it, he said he started working out when he was seven. Yeah. But not like throwing up weights. Yeah. Yeah, He started, he was doing like uh, push-ups and sit-ups and he said, yeah, he called it an insanity workout that he saw on YouTube when he was like seven or eight. So clearly he was self-driven to look like he looks, you have to be. He looks like one of those freaks. He looks like a bodybuilder almost. Um, and I thought he would – I mean, yeah, man, he's, he's got personality for days. Um, and I thought it was uh, – he really lit up talking about Trey Benson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I asked him because he talked about – and I've never – you know, I've watched him play a few times, but not much. Um, he didn't really stand out when I watched the Alabama games. Um but I asked him, like, because he talked about his speed. He wanted to be a speed back, but he's also physical. And, I, you know, I was like, well, they had a guy here that was both of those things. Did, did you watch Trey a lot? And what did you think of his game? Are you all similar? And he's like, man, he was a monster. He goes, he goes, I can't believe he's that fast being that size. And I was like, yeah, there's a lot of teams in the ACC that can't believe that either, uh, the way he ran through them. But, yeah, I, he's going to play. A lot, probably, right? I, he's not going to be Trey Benson. I don't think he's a guy that's going to hit 70-yard runs on the regular. Uh, but I think he is a first-down maker. Um, I could not be- – I, I just can't get over how big he was, Aslan. Like, and not like, uh, you know, like 270 pounds. Like, dude, he's going to be too big to move the football. He's just – the arms are out of control. Yeah. What do you think he curls? <laughs> 80s? Uh, is he curling 80s? Oh. Yeah, 65s. I'm gonna the, literally the neck. If I talk to him again, I'm gonna ask him. I just want to know. I want to know what he's doing. Like, what is he? I, I'm sure nobody maxes out bicep curls, right. but I would like to know, like, what his regular is. He throwing up 30s like I am, 35s, or is he probably? Uh, oh, he might be doing 100s, man. Those arms are crazy. Yeah. Sorry, Corey Clark's physique. Uh, his com- commentary on physique is done. That's all good. It's all good. He's also a, a Hueytown native, so he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Part of the the Winston folk clan. Well, not, you know, literally, but, you know, that's his his hometown team, the Hueytown folk. So uh, that was cool to hear him talk a little bit about that one as well. Richie Leonard, uh, this is going to be like the the, 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 our our thing as Florida State followers, I guess, that we're going to get a player that's played a certain position and and 
project him to playing a, a different position. Although I guess in defense is that he did start every single game this past year at left guard. Uh, and in 2022, uh, he didn't start every game, but he, he played in pretty much all of them. And he, he did have one game. He played at center against Eastern Washington. I uh, had a game against LSU where he played right guard, but he's mainly been left guard, but it sounds like he will be cross-trained because that's what Alex Atkins likes to do. Um, and then this sounds like a complaint. I guess maybe it is. Maybe we just don't. Maybe we just don't cross train guys. Maybe we just gotta figure out where they're good at, and we'll just let's let them focus Keep on them that. Keep them there. Yeah. Let 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 Darius practice at all the positions. Everybody else just kind of learn your spot. Although I will say, man, when we watch them practice, I don't, I don't see that a ton. Yeah. You know, I didn't see Jeremiah Byers at guard a lot last year in practice. Now we don't watch all their practices. We get Tuesday and Wednesday, but I I kind of just saw him at right tackle every time he practiced. Yep. Yep. So. And I, I think they do spring, it with the interior guys. I think maybe the, spring might be the time. Well, they'll, they'll experiment. But yeah, when you're in the fall camp, like it's that's kind of maybe the last resort of tinkering around with things. And surely in the middle of the season, you're not unless injuries really start uh, rearing their head. But yeah, to your point, I don't I don't recall him. He might have played some guard during spring, but after that, it was yeah. it was pretty much tackle. So. Um, and listen, I don't know. Maybe this is what maybe this is Alex's Atkins' thing of, of lighting a fire under Maurice because Maurice is laid back. Maybe he just needs to constantly keep Maurice on his toes. Like, hey, we're bringing this Caden Lyles guy. Uh, hey, we're going to bring in this guy. We're going to bring in Richie Leonard. But um, Leonard obviously was a guy that I guess you know we could say Florida State finished second for his services when he came out of high school. So the the pre existing relationship uh, really cinched things through with him. So six two three ten, beefy dude. So uh, mm. that, that's going to be good. Good little piece of the puzzle there. And then the freshman, Luane McCoy, Miami Central, Rockets stand up. And then Camden Fryer, uh, the fantastic Fryer family. Todd, uncle, Matt, father, yes? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, he seems – he's got a good head on his shoulders. He, he might be the, the team's spokesman whenever this uh, collective bargaining, bargaining agreement stuff happens and they need a union rep. He might be the right. union rep by that time. His dad was kind of a spokesman when they lost that Notre Dame game. He was he was the guy front and center, being like, "Give us another chance, give us another chance," and it it uh, worked out in '93. They they won the national championship, and he got on the cover of sport. His dad was on the cover of Sports Illustrated after the uh, after the national. That's an all time great getting cover, kissed by, by a way. cheerleader, right? Getting kissed by a cheerleader on somebody's shoulders, holding the turf. I think uh, just what man, all, a lot of things happening at once. A uh, really cool photo. Um, the '90s it, kids, be jealous. Yeah. You missed out on it. You missed out on some good living. But what was funny is I brought this up on headlines. I just thought it was amusing that we asked uh, Cam Fryer a lot more questions about his dad, who was a good player at Florida State but never a superstar and didn't play in the league, than we did Marvin Jones about his dad, who was a two-time consensus All-American, the number four pick in the draft, and a a Buckus Award winner and a Lombardi Award winner. I just thought that was that was funny. But I think what what when I was thinking about it afterwards, I was like, well, I think the difference is Cam plays the position his dad played. Uh, Marvin does not. So it is interesting to think about Cam Fryer learning the position from his dad. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, you know, I I you get the sense there's a chance that he could be one of those guys that opposing fans hate. Mm-hmm. Because he's he's always going to have six for ninety one. Because I think I think he's a. I know this is a this is something you say. I'm I'm going ahead. I'm going there. It's something you say about white receivers oh. that they're faster than you think. 
But I do think he is much faster than people would realize because his dad wasn't a burner. But his dad also wasn't slow. He was like kind of middle of the road for those wide receivers back then as far as speed. He wasn't Vanover, but he was like faster than Kez McCorby. Like he was – he and Kevin Knox. Like he was – he could keep up. He was a really good athlete, his dad was. But Cam Fryer's telling us he ran a 4-3 as a junior. Well, if he's running four threes, he's one of the fastest receivers in the conference. So that's cool. And he caught a ton of balls, just like his dad did. So he knows how to get open. And I thought that was a really good question Ira asked him about what goes into being a, a good receiver. There's a lot of guys that can run fast, and there's a lot of guys that have the right body type that are long. What goes into being a good receiver? And he's like, well, number one, catch the dang ball. Mm-hmm. And he's like, number two, create space. And you know that has been ingrained in him. Because there's a lot of guys that can run faster than, than, than anyone. But they're not great at getting open. There is an art to getting open, to finding holes in the zone, to creating space, whether by a move or a little you know, subtle shove, to getting open and creating space and creating a window. And you know he's learning from a guy that was really good at it. So he's, he's going to be an intriguing guy to watch. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I also said, tell me if I'm wrong on this because I'll own it if I am. Uh, everybody knows my history with Florida State, and I was a huge fan of Matt Fryer, and I was a huge fan of that team. I was a teenager at the time. It was awesome. Um, is there really that much pressure being Matt Fryer's kid? Yeah, I don't think so, no. Because he talked about it. He talked about wanting to create his own path, and maybe when he was a freshman in high school, not really, maybe not going to Florida State, even though he's always been a huge Florida State fan. But then Dugans and Norvell reached out to him, or Dugans did, after his freshman year of high school, and then he, he – you know, fell in love with Florida State all over again. But it's like, you know, he want, he was asked about legacy and wanting to be his own guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm here to be my own guy. I know there's some pressure that comes with my last name. And I'm like, man, there really isn't that much. And every Matt Fryer was a, a fan favorite. Everybody loved him. People of a certain age remember him um, and loved him. But he was clutch, man. He was a good player. He wasn't just some uh, scrub. He was, I mean, he had 12 catches in the Florida game one year, the Warwick Dunn game. He had like 12, 11 or 12 catches in that game. He's a good player. But – He's not. It's not DeKalen Brooks, and it's not Marvin Jones. So you know, I, I hope. My point being, I hope he doesn't really let that kind of pressure get to him. I hope he just goes and becomes himself. And very quickly, if he's good, it'll be oh Matt Fryer's his dad, not oh he's Matt Fryer's son. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they'll look at Matt Fryer and be like oh he, that's Cam's dad, yeah. not like looking at him and go oh that's Matt Fryer's son. He could flip that script around really quickly if he turns into a, a good college receiver. MyBookie.ag promo code is WarChant. Use that for an instant cash deposit bonus. Uh, you know, no f- no football out there. You can bet on who might win the Super Bowl next year. You can bet on who's going to win the college football championship. We talked about that a few times. Disrespectful to put Florida State at plus 1,800. Nine shortest odds. You got Ole Miss, Oregon, Michigan losing everybody, coaching staff included, ahead of the Knowles. Disrespect. Disrespect, guys. You can also bet on who the next president's going to be. Uh, in case you're wondering, Donald Trump minus 112, Joe Biden plus 275. Uh, you can also bet on the other fighting that we do in this country. UFC, Alex Volkanovsky taking on Ilya Topira. Volkanovsky minus 125, Topira minus 105. That's okay, going down right. this weekend, I think. So after you've had a nice Valentine's today, uh, get ready to you know square off against folks in the octagon this weekend. You can bet all of it over at mybookie.ag. And when you use the promo code WARCHANT, you get that instant cash deposit bonus. 
Uh, to redeem the bonus, you must make a $50 minimum deposit as well as a rollover requirement of one-time deposit total, including your bonus for when withdrawal. For full terms and conditions, visit mybookie.ag slash about dash us. On the way out, Corey, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about. Uh, it's really old news now, obviously, but just... Yeah, I lament us having to do shows some days. You know, what are we going to talk about? What's the content? Got to fill a show. And I understand the Super Bowl is the biggest game, uh, the most important sport in our country. And you can celebrate the greatness of the victor. But if you have a two-hour show, at some point you're going to have to talk about the other team and, and what maybe they did wrong. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit biased because, you know, root for the Niners and like, I don't know, but the, the Florida state passion to me has kind of been extinguished from having to, you know, do it as a job. I feel like it would, you know, behoove me to, to not be emotionally invested, but maybe I'll get reinvested at some point here. But uh, I don't know, man. Can we just say that, that, that the chiefs are just, they've got Patrick Mahomes and that is going to be the one thing that's always going to help out a team when it comes down to a, a close football game. It's, it's the need to, oh, wow, they said they didn't know the rules. Why did they want to receive the ball first in overtime? Uh, it's just this piling on. Kyle Shanahan, like, is he just a choke artist? Is he never going to be able to win the big one? I just don't, if we did a show, I don't know how much time I would have spent on Monday live two-hour radio show talking about all the, like, the, quote, errors that a team did because, like, you know, sometimes – Stuff just happens, right? Like that punt, that wasn't a muff yeah. punt. That yeah. punt hit a guy who had his back to it and wasn't doing anything wrong. He was trying to block and set things up. Christian McCaffrey fumbles on the first drive of the game, whatever. Pacheco also fumbled. How does a 57-yard field goal not get blocked when the snap is 10 feet high and gets placed down? It just all these little things. You know, your, your, your second star linebacker, I guess you could say, because Fred Warner's your dude. But your star, one of your star linebackers gets injured running onto the field in the middle of the game. These crazy sort of things happen, but it's like, no, you know, Kyle Shanahan just doesn't know how to close out big games and what a horrible coaching mistake and giving Patrick Mahomes the ball first or, or letting him have the ball second and get four downs. I don't know. It just kind of bothers me. Just can't we just say Kansas City won as opposed to like San Francisco blew it? Because I don't feel yeah. like it did. It's also that's how it is, man. It's like when the Cavs stormed back from three to one down to beat the Warriors. A lot of it was, man, Steph really sucked in Game Seven, and and Draymond hitting LeBron in the nuts cost him a championship. Well, it's like, yeah, but even after that, they had to go win Game Five on the road, and LeBron and Kyrie both went for like forty-five. They were unbelievable. They were unguardable and unbelievable, and it was like it all became about Draymond's punch, and then it became about Steph's deficiencies in Game 7 um, and, the, and the rundown block by LeBron. Um, and not just sometimes bad stuff happens. Like, yeah, the, the punt, and somebody's got to win. Like, it wasn't like the Chiefs bathed themselves in glory that whole game with great decisions either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, nobody did anything wrong on the punt, and that guy had been booming punts all day. And that one he didn't. They're hitting 50-yarders all game, and then that one was like a 38-yarder, and, and clearly the 49er guy didn't know it was coming and uh, hit off his foot. I mean, who, what did he do wrong? Was he supposed to disappear? Should the guy come up and try to catch it on his back heel? Like the, Yeah, So and that was probably the biggest play of the game, it was, honestly. It was, it was. Uh, but and when it comes to that decision, I see both sides. And if you can see both sides, then there's not really a clear-cut answer. Yeah. Like, look – Dion choosing to take the ball first in overtime this year is just stupid. In college, yeah. 
in college I'm talking about. It just, by the rules, it doesn't make any sense. It is a dumb thing to do. I think he went one and one in overtimes, and he took the ball first each time. It's just not smart. But in this instance, say you score a touchdown, you get the ball first, you score a touchdown, the Chiefs come down and score a touchdown or kick a field goal, so you both kick field goals. You get the ball next, and if you score, you win the game. They don't get to keep matching you. So there is an advantage on taking the ball first because if it goes past those first two possessions, which I would think odds are it probably would, you now are one score away from winning the game. The problem is you do have to think, in my opinion, you have to think like the other sideline would think. Let's say in best-case scenario, we're the 49ers, we score a touchdown. The Chiefs get the ball. Well, now they know what they need to do, so they get four downs. They're never going to punt. There's no chance they're kicking the ball at all. But when they score a touchdown, what are they either going to try a 34-yard extra point or are they going to put the ball in the hands of the best football player on the planet and give him one play to win the Super Bowl? And apparently they were. That was the plan. Apparently they had talked about this in the preseason that they ever got to this point in the playoffs uh, – if they had to touch on, they would go for the two-point conversion. So that's why I would think they would too. I would think, man, if they score, if we score a touchdown, then they score a touchdown. They're going to go for two, and and uh, in it's going to be in Patrick Mahomes' hands. I don't want that. I want the ball. I want. I want us to have a chance to win the game last, no matter what. So I want to go for two if they score a touchdown to open. So. I, that's what that's how I would do it. But yeah, man, you can see the other side because if both teams score kick field goals. You get the ball, you win the game. Uh, you know they probably should have gone for the gone for it on fourth down inside the ten. Honestly, uh, but yeah, man, Patrick Mahomes is really good, and also it didn't end up mattering. Like the Chiefs never went for it on a fourth down where they would have punted otherwise. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the the 49ers kicked a field goal. The Chiefs went down and scored a touchdown on first down inside. So it didn't really end up mattering. It's just, man, you, I can't imagine being a fan base, having a lead in overtime. Well, yes, I can. I did it with flipping Tom Brady as a Falcons fan. But what, knowing that guy has now has a chance to go win the game against my team uh, is not would not be fun. And that guy's just awesome. He's just an awesome, awesome football player. Yeah. How about Blake Lively, too? What about Blake Lively? I, 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 I like her. Okay. She seems fun. You watched the town the other night or something? Well, she was she was in the suite with Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's like her best friend apparently. I don't know how oh. that happened, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, just you know, I like she seems like a fun person to hang out with, and uh, yeah, she is really good in the town. What was going uh, through Taylor's mind when Travis started just screaming "Viva Las Vegas" like one too many times, buddy? He. I, I can't make up my mind on that guy. It has nothing to do with her. Oh, it does have a little bit to do with her. Uh, I, I can't get a grasp on he, if he is just a complete and utter Neanderthal <laughs> or if he just plays the part. Because when you listen to his podcast sometimes, he does come across as kind of thoughtful and and uh, insightful and uh, intelligent. And then you see him singing Viva Las Vegas. Bumping into his coach aggressively. Screaming at his coach like a wild man. And you're like, Taylor, I don't know if this guy's right for you. I don't know if you guys are going to make it. This guy this guy isn't all there. His, his brother clearly isn't all there. And I don't know that the Kelseys are, are guys you can uh, depend on for the long haul necessarily. Opposites attract, though. you know. That's true. Track. And – I did think, and this isn't a Taylor Swift podcast. I did think they always they always show her when when something good happens, but they did show her 
like in overtime or late in the fourth quarter, like just her watching the game and how nervous she was. Mm. Like legitimately nervous, not celebrating, not swag surfing, not hugging, but watching the game intently, genuinely nervous. And that obviously is the most relatable she's been to any of us in years because we've all watched games like that. And she's living the life for the first time, I'm sure, living the life of a true – and now she's doing it because she's in love with one of the players – but as a true football fan, the butterflies in your stomach – Vomit coming up, the heart rate run, you know, rising. She had to live that. She felt like what we all had felt for years. She felt what it's like to be a true football fan. I thought that was cool. But of course, she won. Yeah, her team won. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? It's all rigged. It's all rigged. Yep, it's all rigged. And clarification: I I do root for Florida State to win every single athletic endeavor they embark mm. on it's just for whatever reason. And I, don't, I was thinking about this as as you were talking, Corey. Maybe it's because they haven't really lost. All that much recently that I haven't really had to kind of cope with it, you know? They haven't really lost since the Clemson game in 2022, right? Like, that Georgia game was nothing. That wasn't a game. So, yeah, you don't even know. We don't even know what it's like to do a show after just a traditional regular season loss. So It's weird. But I kind of like I couldn't watch the Super Bowl highest. I'm like, all right, I don't want to watch it anymore. Like, I've seen it once. All right, I don't need to watch it anymore. Um, Yeah. But you know, I haven't had to sit and watch a Florida State highlight of a loss in a while either. So maybe it's maybe it's still in there somewhere in the, the cackles of my, my black heart or whatever. So uh, we're done. But Warchant.com is going to keep cranking stuff out, folks. We're going to speak to your quarterback later today. You excited for that one, Corey? DJ Uyunglele. I, I won't be there. I'll be in Atlanta. What? But I'll be I'll be watching on Zoom. And I am I am I might even you know what I might break my streak and ask a question on Zoom. Okay. Right. I'm going to try to do it. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I am very excited about that. It's going to be cool to uh, to get to hear from him finally. So we get Uwe Ungalale, Jaden Todd, who is an offensive lineman uh, from Dublin, Georgia. Stand up. I knew a girl yeah. from Dublin, Georgia. She was a sweetheart. Offensive lineman Ty Hilton from Oviedo. Uh, quarterback mm-hmm. Trevor Jackson, who I think is a preferred walk-on out of Winter Garden Jones High School, which I think – no, never mind. I was going to say I thought Willie Jones Jr. went there, but I don't think he went there. Uh, or Christian Jones, rather. Um, who Somebody went to Jones that we had, and it's going to – like a defensive back. Maybe it was Demory Tate. No, he went to Freedom, I think. I'm going to stop oh, talking. Oh, Demory Tate. What a, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. Hey, by the way, if you get a chance – And Jaden Parrish from Delray. We'll also get him. So. If you get a chance, ask DJ what he's benching. Okay. And maybe what he's curling. Okay. You know, but you would you would you do that for? You probably don't. Don't do that. Never mind. I I take that back. Well, I'm gonna ask him about his thumb, so maybe I should ask him something a little lighter before I go for the jugular. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Ask him if he if he's able to you know lift all them weights. Yeah. Exactly. How is your thumb affecting your bench? Like, what is yeah, your yeah. max? What, what yeah. is your bench? What are you maxing out these days? Yeah. Okay. We'll see how it all works out. That's going down at 11:15 in the morning today. So check out Warchant.com. We'll have a live. Uh, transcription of that going on, and then the full interview video-wise. Uh, Corey will have, again, the transcription will have probably a story rolling off and spinning off of it as well, too. So uh, it's the off-season, quote-unquote, but not really. Not really. We're out here working for you. He's Corey Maslon. Jeff Cameron Show coming one 3 o'clock. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Chan, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.